welcome to the Efficient Practice Water Cooler. I am your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel. Welcome. Tonight's topic is called uh, Practicing Dentistry. Um, I will share uh, why I named this segment Practicing Dentistry, but we're going to cover so much more. Uh, but once again, welcome to the Efficient Practice Dental Water Cooler. This is the second segment uh, of this water cooler. I'm super excited about this platform uh, that Equimarketing is sponsoring. Equimarketing, are, uh, they're the leaders in digital marketing for dentist and for dentistry. So I'm so happy that they have allowed me this platform uh, to speak to you and bring information. So uh, basically, I want to do this a little bit different from some of the dental webinars. Pretty much the way I'm going to run this is like I would run a coaching session for a client, uh, one of my uh, coaching clients, or how I would run a group coaching session. So I really want it to be interactive. Um, I want you to ask questions. I want you to give feedback because we can learn a lot from each other. A lot of times we're going through the same things. We may feel like we're alone, but a lot of other people are oftentimes going through the same things and we can benefit from someone hearing your input, uh, maybe how you handled a situation or how you would come up with a solution. So today is the first day of spring. You can probably hear it in my voice. Spring has sprung. Uh, the trees are starting to bloom. So um, hopefully we'll get through this with my voice intact. Um, welcome again. The first episode of this particular dental water cooler was vision. Uh, and I started off with vision because it's so important. I use a lot of quotes. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. So we spent a lot of time on that first segment just talking about vision, um, determining what it is that you really want for yourself, determining what it is that you really want for your practice, um, and just how you want your life to be. And so we talked about really sitting down and setting those kinds of goals and those kinds of uh, 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 your vision uh, for your future uh, in an ideal way without limiting beliefs. So as I was saying, we were talking about setting your vision. It's so important. Uh, it's so very, very important. And I shared a lot of stories about when I set my vision for my very first practice. I will probably revisit those stories because um, I truly believe in um, examples when we're, we're talking about these things. So uh, we'll go back to some of those stories. And like I said, I want y'all to chime in, uh, if at all and whatever all possible questions or any input that you may have. Um, I see some people are, are signing in. Welcome, Mia. Welcome, Dee. Welcome, uh, Denise Halliburton, uh, Caroline. Uh, where are you all from, if I may ask? Um, I will unmute you for a second. Um, are there, how many people are dentists who are on the segment um, as we're getting started? Do we have any dentists? Yes. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. That was, what was your, what, what was your name? 
Denise Halliburton. I'm sorry, I, I'm eating. Oh, no. <laughs> no worries. This is going to be very informal and very, um, like I said, interactive. It'll be like a coaching session. So we're doing coaching. So Dr. Halliburton, we have a dentist. I see another dentist who is on the line as well. Um, and I see some other um, support team members. Um, you will notice I always call them team members. I have never, ever referred to any member of my team as staff because they are a team. Uh, and without them, uh, nothing is possible. We do it all together. Together. It's teamwork. So um, I am Dr. Evelyn Samuel. I am a practicing dentist, a dental practice efficiency coach. I am a podcaster and I am an author and I am a mom of two very small children. So um, oftentimes when we're in dentistry, we can be burning the candle at both ends of the stick. So we, we wear a lot of hats in our profession. Um, we may have other responsibilities that are outside of our profession. Uh, so um, uh, that's who I am. Um, I created this water cooler uh, sponsored by FMLB uh, as a way to help dentists know that you are not alone in all of the things that you go through when you're in your practices. I say dentists, but I mean dentists and dental team members, because we are all in there together and we know what it's like to be um, in the fire, so to speak. So what I wanted this cooler to do is I wanted it to reignite your passion for dentistry. Once upon a time, I'm sure, or maybe it's now, we were passionate about this profession. And sometimes we can get bogged down with all of these responsibilities. And sometimes you can start thinking like, well, you know, what are we doing this all for? And then you have to think about how you help people and the beautiful things that we're able to do with our profession. So number one, I wanted to help reignite um, uh, my colleagues and peers' uh, passion for dentistry. I wanted us to have a platform where we could create leaders so that you could be the leader of your team that you were meant to be. And I wanted to help create environments that people willingly, and that's a key word, willingly come into your practices and receive quality care that you've trained really hard for and pay you for those services that you provide. That's so very important. Um, it's a valuable thing that we can do to help people to take them out of pain, to create beautiful smiles that they can be happy about, but we have to get paid for our services. And it is a business. Um, and that's something that we have to, you know, come to realize in our profession and not feel bad about that, not feel, you know, any qualms or any guilt about earning a, a, a good living from the profession that we chose to be a part of. So uh, that's kind of why the uh, water cooler was created. A little bit about my background, and if uh, any of you have heard me speak before, or if you know me personally, you probably know a little bit about my background. So I'll just revisit that again, because it's really important for where we're about to go. So I decided to be a dentist at five years old, planned my entire life. And I'm guessing that a lot of you are driven like that too. It's something about 
our profession. Um, I like to say sometimes I don't know if, the, if I chose the profession or if the profession chose me because there's a certain personality trait that we have when we're in dentistry. I mean, we're working millimeters, so we're very detail-oriented. So I planned my entire life, you know, at five years old, you know, said I was going to go to dental school, and I was going to do, um, you know, all the different things to become a dentist, and that's, that's what, what I was able to do and what I did. But as I was doing all these things, as I, I went through, you know, school and college and got to dental school, um, I realized that dental school is tough. I mean... If, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So the, the curriculum is, 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 is jam-packed, it's arduous. But if it's what you wanted to do and what I always wanted to do, you felt like, okay, it's going to get better. This is part of the course. If it were easy, everybody could do it. So I went through dental school. And then I got out of dental school and I did a residency because I didn't really know where I wanted to live. Um, and I did a residency in Washington, D.C., the most powerful city in the world. Um, and things got a little bit tougher because I started becoming consumed with the debt of all of the education that I had gone to school for so long um, to, to um, you know, achieve the, the education. And so I um, got uh, in a lot of debt. And I start working in a bunch of different practices um, to pay off some of that debt after my residency. And it was really crazy because on Mondays and Wednesdays, I was with a, um, an HMO practice. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I worked in a cosmetic office. On uh, Fridays and Saturdays, I worked with a prosthodontist. And on weekends and evenings, I worked retail. So it's safe to say that I'm not afraid of hard work. But this was insane. And I started resenting what I was doing. I started resenting my life dream and thinking, goodness, I mean, this is what I wanted to do my entire life. Surely, 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 I should be able to earn a good living out of doing what I've always wanted to do. And so, you know, I was on a flight. I was on a way to, to a wedding, to a friend's wedding um, in Florida. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was saying a prayer that I didn't know I was saying. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm worn out. I'm burned out and I'm just getting started. And when I got back that following Monday, I literally had an offer to move back to Alabama and work in a group practice as an associate. So there were five owners and I was the one full-time um, employee. I was the one associate. And I worked there and it was, it was better. I was in one place. I had a, a steady income. I wasn't making a whole lot, but I was making more than working at all those other practices. And I had an environment where I could go to the other dentist and, you know, share cases and things of that sort. But I quickly realized that I, I really didn't have much input on the direction that the practice was going. And as such, I felt like I wasn't going to grow much. So I decided to uh, uh, open my own practice. I planned every single detail of that practice for two years before I opened the doors. Um, and then when I opened, the fun began. So I built this beautiful practice. It was everything I dreamed about. Um, and then um, the fun began. So that's when I got into to dentistry and, and the business of dentistry and, and kind of understanding 
what other colleagues were, were dealing with. So that's a little bit about my background, my story. I'm sure a lot of you will relate to a lot of the things I've said in terms of dealing with all of the hats we wear when we're in dental practices. And I just got a message that some people are trying to sign on and they're having some trouble. They're getting kicked off. So you might hear the chime with um, people who are trying to, to sign on. And if you have any troubles, just send us a message uh, in the chat. So I'm guessing if you're still on, you can still, you can still hear me. And I'll just give a quick mic check to uh, make sure you all can see or hear me. Can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, like I said, I really wanted to re, uh, reignite passion for dentistry, create leaders, and create environments where you can get paid for your services. Because we can help people, but at the end of the day, it is a business. And so, um, once again, I want to thank uh, Equa Marketing. They are the leaders in digital marketing for dentists for sponsoring this water cooler. As I said before, please chime in uh, so that we can discuss all of the topics and we can help each other. So tonight's session is called Practicing Dentistry. And the reason that I called it Practicing Dentistry, and it, it's, it's a very simple title, um, but it's pretty much what we went to school to do. So we went to school to uh, practice dentistry, but if you'll realize once we got in practice, a lot of the things that we do are not involved with practicing dentistry at all. The fun thing is seeing patients. You know, we get into the procedures that we love, whether it, you know, I like doing, you know, cosmetic things or crowns or things that, that you, require beauty and symmetry. So we went to school to practice dentistry to help people. But when we get out, a lot of the things that we do is just not about practicing dentistry at all. So I wanted to start off, number one, with the first session, which was vision, but in this session with practicing dentistry. And I have a little excerpt that I'm going to read that I'd like to read to you. Because like I said, this is like a coaching session and it's not like your typical webinar. So it'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit different than, than what, what we're used to with lectures. So um, this is an ex excerpt from my book, 100 Things I Hate and Love About Dentistry, A Professional's Guide to Efficiency, Profitability, and Sanity. And I basically wrote this book, not because I hate dentistry, and I'm sure, that you all probably love dentistry as well. I love dentistry. I love everything about it, but there are so many other things that over the years I've heard my colleagues and myself express um, discontent with. So basically it starts off with how can you hate practicing dentistry? This is what you do, it's your profession. I hear you ask. Let me clarify the statement. I don't hate practicing dentistry. I hate practicing dentistry in conjunction with all of the other responsibilities. I love practicing dentistry. Do I sound like I'm talking in riddles? Allow me to elaborate. There is a certain satisfaction that comes after completing certain, certain procedures, especially cosmetic in nature, which may change a patient's whole demeanor, personality, and confidence level. 
a sense of relaxation accompanies the completion of some procedures. The issue manifests when you are focusing on so many other aspects of the dental practice that you cannot center on what is most important, i.e. your patient and dentistry. Many, many dentists bemoan, I just want to do dentistry. And in a perfect world, it would be ideal if that were all they had to concentrate on. So I go on to say in the, the rest of that chapter, very short chapter, solutions for how to re remedy this. And we're going to get into that as we talk more. So have you ever felt like this dentistry thing is not all that is cracked up, up to be? Have you ever felt like you're putting out so many fires that at the end of the day, you, you don't know what you've done? or that you've seen so many people, um, you've seen a lot of patients, but at the end of the day, you weren't really productive. Have any of you besides me ever felt that way? Uh, and if you have, you are not alone and you're in the right place. Because we're gonna cover uh, why, what got you here won't get you there. We're gonna cover, um, Revisiting your vision statement, because that's so important. How to design your ideal practice and your ideal life. Determining your purpose and your why. And how planning now sets the stage for your long-term success. So why do I say what got you here won't get you there? Any ideas? It's gonna take more to get you to where you want to be. It's gonna get, it's gonna take more to get you where you want to be, and and that's true. That's in a nutshell. What got you here won't get you there. And and what I mean by that, we could say yes, but what got me here was grit. What got me here was tenacity. What got me here was working hard, getting good grades, prepping perfect crowns in in your operative or restorative courses. And that's all well and good, and, and it will help you. So I, I, I don't mean that that won't help you, but what I mean is when you get out of dental school and a lot of other professional schools as well, when you get out, a lot of times we know how to be really good clinicians, but we don't know anything about running the business. Mm -hmm. And I say we, I say that in general, but I, I think that could be a pretty good message across the board, is that we can be really good clinicians and we can prep the most perfect crown margins. But if you don't really know how to run your business, then how are people gonna get to you so that you can prep those perfect crowns? Or how are you gonna create an environment where people come in because they, don't, they, really, don't, they really don't know what kind of crown margins you're you're prepping. It gives us delight when we're making these pretty, you know, uh, procedural things. But a lot of times patients don't even know that. I mean, they just know how they feel when they come in or that you're not hurting them or, you know, that there's no pain. Um, so they really don't know, you know, how much expertise you have in terms of what you're doing. So that's why I say what got you here, which is being a great clinician, won't get you there. And we have to back up a couple of steps because we have to figure out where is there, right? 
So where is our there? Where's your there? Anybody can chime in. Do we have some theirs? Feeling content and at the end of the day and, and not um, worn out and unappreciated. Exactly. That's, that's good. Getting there is feeling content, not being run down at the end of the day, feeling appreciated um, for, for what we do, appreciated for helping people, appreciated from our team members, appreciated by our patients. Sometimes, you know, patients come in um, and a lot of times they're afraid of us. So they come in and the first thing they greet us with is, you all know, no offense, but I hate right? That's a chapter in the book, by the way. <laughs> no offense, but I hate the dentist. And we hear that in and out and we're dealing with people's fears and phobias and all the time we have to wear a calm demeanor. So we can't let it get to us because we have to remain professional. We have to calm everybody down. We have to keep the practice running efficiently. And so, yes, at the end of the day, sometimes we just want to be appreciated. But as we keep talking about this, how to get there, and that was Dr. Halliburton, I believe, that said that. Um, I, I'm going to go back a little bit to the vision. Um, I, I, I really urge you to go back and listen to the first segment. Um, it is still available, I think, um, on the maybe on my water cooler website, but you can go back and listen to that in terms of the vision. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit today too when we revisit it. Um, but just basically, if that's part of your vision and your vision statement, I think that's really important. Um, just being appreciated. I think that's really important. And it's not small by any means. Just adding that to your vision statement adding that to your vision. And I point over to the side because I keep a vision board at home, in my home office. I keep one in my office and I'm now putting one in my closet so that I can see that daily. But just something as simple as what you said, being appreciated. And that will allow you to attract the patients that appreciate you. You will attract team members that appreciate you. And likewise, you can show that appreciation for your team. Uh, one of the things I said the last time that we talked and we were talking about vision um, is that oftentimes you get your best team members when you create uh, a warm and welcoming environment. And a lot of times it's not even the monetary things that keep your best team members there. A lot of times it's that they know you need them and they know that they are appreciated. So that's something we talked about in the first world group, but just knowing that they're appreciated knowing that, that you need them. A lot of times when I've had small team members, they would always show up for work because they felt like she needs me, the, the office needs me and I can't, you know, I can't miss a day. So yes, are there any other theirs? Like any other theirs? What theirs are you trying to get to? Is there anyone else? And, and I know that there are other people on here that may not be, you know, dentist or may not be in the dental field. I know that, um, in our first water cooler, I had a private message that was sent to me from someone who was not in dentistry, but felt like everything that we were talking about was pertinent for her profession as well. So feel free to chime in on whatever your, whatever your fear is, even if it's not in dentistry. So um, like we were saying, a large percentage of the things that we do 
are not dental related and most dentists and a lot of dentists that I talk to say, you know, if I could just do the dentistry. We tend to be introverted people. So oftentimes we want to just be in, in, have our hands in people's mouths. So a lot of times we don't necessarily want to interact with all the other things that we interact with, whether it is, you know, dealing with the insurance company or visitors to the practice or team issues or whatever it is, because we tend to be more introverted and therefore we want to be more or less, you know, in doing what we do, creating, uh, you know, beautiful smiles and doing the work that we do. Um, but I'd like to just say, it, you know, um, if, if we don't know where we're going, the quote I said before, any road will, will lead us there. So let's really spend some time uh, just basically figuring out what it is we, we want so that we can strive to get there. So with that, I want to go back a little bit to revisiting the vision statement. And I'm going to unmute you all again, just because it's easier for you to chime in. Um, but uh, what I say with revisiting your vision statement, we talked a lot about vision. Um, and I'll just recap it pretty quickly without going all the way back into that segment, because I don't want to ruin it for you. But we, we want your vision to be big. We want it to be yours. We want it to be uh, without limitations, because a lot of times the things that hinder our vision is our self-limiting beliefs. So when we come up with something that's really big, um, sometimes that inner voice starts to talk to you or at you. Um, and like I like to say, we shouldn't talk to ourselves like we wouldn't talk to other people. So we want to be nice to ourselves, in other words. But a lot of the things that keep us from creating that vision of where we're going is just our own limiting beliefs. Um, we, we sometimes get bogged down in, you know, how hard will it be to get there? Or what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? But what if you don't try? I mean, if you don't try, you're definitely not, not going to get there. So things like that. Thinking small and not thinking big. Because you really want to dream big and as if nothing, uh, as if failure could not happen. Um, I, I really want you to think about that. Like, if, if there was... Anything that you want, any way you want your practice to do, and you knew that failure was not an option, how or what would you be doing differently? If failure was not an option. And so you can feel free to share that. You don't have to, but just really think about that. If failure were not an option, what would you do differently? What would you really be doing because life is really short. I've come to, to realize that. And I'm working on my purpose, you know, as I speak to you all. I've, I've always thought my purpose was being a dentist since the age of five. Um, and have loved it and loved, what it, loved the, the dental profession. But also uh, just wondering how to reach that new goal and how to reach uh, my purpose as well. So limiting beliefs, how hard we think it would be how much we really think it's worth in having it are some of the things that prevent us from working towards the there we're going to. And so that's a little bit about revisiting the vision statement. And I meant to say too, from the beginning, I left this off, but if any of you stay to the end, you will get a copy or you will get a link to get a copy 
of the, the book, 100 Things I Hate and Love About Dentistry, and Professionals Got to Efficiency, Profitability, and Sanity. So we want to determine your ideal practice. Um, what is your ideal practice? Do you, do you know what your ideal practice is? Um, so this is Denise again. I do not have my own practice yet. I'm starting to realize I've been out of dental school for almost, no, for over 10 years, 2008, I graduated. And, um, I just thought that everyone practiced dentistry, um, you know, at a certain level. And as I have gone to several practices, I that is not the case. And it kind of made me think, well, well, who am I and what type of dentist am I? And so all of these questions. And so I'm just starting to realize that, uh, of course, I want quality care, but what does quality care really look like? And, you know, um, just, just the whole, you know, staff and patients making sure that your work looks clinically good and patients are not hurt and they and they like you and they want to come back and so my practice I don't know I just want to be happy and go home and spend time with my family and yeah I just it just seems a little bit harder to achieve that and understand how to get there okay and that's all great input and that's true um and, and I, I think that's important of, of what you said, because everybody's ideal is different and we all have different situations and we have to have the ideal situation for our particular life, um, for our particular goals and for our family. Um, I can relate to what you're saying quite a bit because I too worked in a lot of different practices. Uh, when I first started, I was in many different practices as you heard me say when I was talking about my uh, start, my, my beginning, working in a practice with HMO, uh, dentist, working with the prosthodontist, working with a cosmetic dentist, all at the same time. The, the beauty of that, and I didn't realize it at the time, is that you learn something in every situation. You learn what to do, what not to do. And uh, in those situations, even if they may seem like they're not the most ideal, oftentimes you're picking up things that you can use later in your practice if you decide to have your own practice, or you can decide to have in your own practice and what I mean by practicing how you practice dentistry. So you, you learn two things in, in every situation. You learn what to do and what not to do. And I picked up some of the most valuable tools um, that I had ever had that I didn't know that I was picking up actually when I was working in all those different practices. But there again, that's, that's important that you say that and we're gonna touch up on that. You, you basically just define the purpose. And that's something that I have for us to talk about next as what you said, you know, what kind of dentist are you? What, what really does, uh, I think you said, what does the quality care look like for you? Um, and uh, who are you as a dentist? And, and that's kind of what we're touching upon. And I'll just go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit with your purpose. So as you're thinking about your vision, you, you, you come up with your vision statement that it's everything that you want with your practice. It's everything that you want with your life. 
you want so many weeks of vacation, if you want to work certain days of the week, if you want to see patients from eight to 12, if you want to do administrative from one to four, it's setting up your ideal practice. And with that, you set up your purpose. Your purpose is basically what you just said, Denise, Dr. Halliburton. It is, and I use simple, simplistic terms to determine your purpose. It's who you are, what you do, what you do, who you are, and who do you do it for. So who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. And when everything that you go into, I like to use those three questions to help me discern if this, if this is in alignment with my purpose. Who am I? What do I do? And who do I do it for? Um, I use that with college students. Uh, when they're becoming their life path. I use that with dentists when they're deciding what their purpose is for their practice or for them being in the dental profession. And it really goes to whatever you're doing, you can pose those questions. Who am I? What do I do? And who do I do it for? And that sets the tone for pretty much everything you do, for whatever it is in life, whether it's dentistry or whether it's something else that, that you're doing to help you with your life and your life balance. So it's, it's something that you said that, that it can be a challenge um, to have all those things work in play. And it, it's not necessarily easy, but it can be done. It's just kind of determining what you want your life to look like. You have to write it down. And I know that sounds so simplistic, but it's really true and really just taking some time to, to and decide what it is that that you want what it is that you want so that you can you know write that vision down determine that purpose and everything else falls into place with that so i remember when i was setting up my uh my purpose and well my vision and my purpose for my, my first practice uh the vision i didn't really know that it was a vision statement because it was before i start working with like consultants and things of that sort uh, and they start calling it your vision statement and your vision but i've done this all my life just right now what i wanted to do uh, because writing it down some kind of way makes it more concrete um, but I remember just writing every single thing that I wanted to do, how I wanted the practice to look, how I wanted it to, as silly as this sounds, how I wanted it to smell, um, how I wanted the colors to be, how I wanted patients to be seated, you know, what, how long I wanted the patients to not wait, because I don't like for patients to wait, what kind of team members would work with me, just every single detail of that. And I remember when I wrote that, I wanted it to overlook the you know, the skyline. Um, and I got a lot of people telling me, uh, people who were helping me to, that were supposed to help me to build a practice that were kind of naysayers. Um, and if you'll uh, listen to the first segment, you would know that those people were either fired or not hired when, if they couldn't see the vision, because vision is so important. But then what I did with that vision is I sat down with my team and we did the purpose together. So we answer questions like, like I said, who am I or who are we in that situation? Uh, what do we do and who do we do it for? Um, and if I can find it, I might include that somewhere. But my first uh, purpose statement that we had framed in all of the operatories were basically saying that. And we, we also went on to say, you know, who, who are we? We're a team that does 
we do beautiful dentistry in a calm environment, uh, and I'm just kind of uh, summarizing it. And we do it in a profitable environment for people who want our services. So we were very specific about that. Hello, thanks for joining. Um, we were very specific about our purpose, and we knew that all patients would fall into that. All patients would fall into uh, my vision, and all patients would fall into our purpose as a team, and that was okay. So we learned to, to realize that you can't be everybody's everything, and that was okay. There would be some patients that would come to us, and we were hoping for the patients who would, would, would like our environment, who would respect um, you know, how our practice flowed, respect the fact that we didn't see late patients so they didn't have to wait, um, and who would fit into our purpose so that we could give them better care. And that worked really well for us. So basically it was determining that vision, uh, ask the doctor and the leader, uh, sitting down with the team and developing our purpose and making sure we adhere to that on, uh, on a daily basis, which really made the practice run smooth and run smoothly. Um, I also remember when uh, we got to the, the first and I'll say, uh, I've always liked to run on time and all that stuff, and I've always pretty much run a, a pretty efficient uh, environment and practice. But when we got it down to a science in terms of, you know, our vision, our purpose, our mission, um, running a smooth environment, uh, and we'll get more into the, the building of the business in the next segment at the next water cooler, but it was something that looked like me seeing patients three and a half days a week. Um, the, the half of the afternoon, I did administrative work so that the practice could run smoothly. Therefore, I could answer all of my patient calls or call patients back. I could contact the lab. I could you know, answer any payroll questions to, to the payroll or the accountant. And so it was very structured um, and very um, fluid. Uh, because we were adhering to our vision, our purpose, uh, and templating our book in such a way that we were creating our ideal practice. We also implemented more vacations, which was something that I didn't do, you know, initially, because you're thinking if I go on vacation, the whole practice is going to fall apart. I have team members to pay. I have overhead to pay. But once you really sit down and figure all that stuff up, figure all that stuff out, in the beginning, then it makes everything run smooth and all that falls into place. So with that, I go into how planning now sets the stage for your long-term career success. And that was that planning that I'm talking about, making your vision, doing your vision statement, doing a vision board. And I point over there because like I said, I have a vision board up there. One day I'm going to show it to you all. Doing your vision statement is so important for practicing dentistry because it's not all about cutting preps. Um, I would say, I, I won't give a percentage per se, but I would say that the vast majority of things that we're doing, the hats that we're wearing, the fires that we're putting out are not, you know, doing, doing dentistry. That's the easy part and it's the fun part. But when we learn to do those other things exceptionally well, it makes the dentistry um, more gratifying. So with that, is there anything else that anyone wants to chime in? Is there uh, anything else that anyone wants to say about how they're getting to their day? I see a question in the chat box. Um, do you mind, I won't use the name, 
Um, although I think it may have gone to everyone, so everyone can see it. So you, you don't, I, you, I can say this question. It's not a private message. So it says, hello, Dr. Samuel. Hello, good to see you. Thanks for joining us on the water cooler. Pleasure to meet you as well. What advice would you give for someone coming out of a residency who desires to start their own practice? Okay, how much time do you have? <laughs> I can, I've actually unmuted you, so you can speak if you like. If you oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much time do you have? I, I can give you a lot of advice, but how much time do you have? I have a good amount of time. Okay, all right. I, I, I won't keep you that long, but there, there are so many things that you can do uh, in terms of uh, preparing for preparing for your practice, um, preparing to have a practice. And, and I actually have an online course that teaches you how to start a practice. So it's a step-by-step -step approach to launching a new practice. And it basically walks you through all of the steps that we did not learn in dental school. Um, basically like how to, um, how to put together a team of professionals, and that's your CPA, your attorney, um, uh, your banker, your lender. Um, it also goes through how to do your different, uh, how to classify your business, whether it's a PC or LLC, how to design a practice. So I do have that and I can send you that information for that particular course. It is an online course. You can do it at your own pace at any time. It just walks you through the steps if you're considering opening a practice. So that is one thing. Um, I tend to research everything. So I really do say research as much as you can. Spend some time with some dentists who own their practices. Um, get a mentor. I know everybody says it. Uh, and everybody says get a mentor, but a lot of times we think, well, how do you get a mentor, right? Um, but getting a mentor, someone that can help you and walk you through those stages and just answer a lot of those questions that you may have that we weren't prepped for uh, before we got out of dental school. Lots of tips that we can give in terms of, you know, some of the things that, that you can do that can help make that a smooth process. Uh, what, which year are you? What residency are you coming out of? So um, I did one year at Brooklyn Hospital and then I became chief resident for the second year. And now I'm just, um, you know, just working in private practice, just trying to understand you know how everything works together okay very good and that's that's really good that you said that in terms of uh, trying to understand how everything works together because uh, you definitely want to, to spend some time understanding the business of dentistry that's so very important that's kind of what we've been talking about tonight in determining the your ideal practice um, but also really understanding the business uh, of dentistry because that's so much of what what you will be doing uh, as you go into private practice but definitely as you um, venture into ownership but okay. yes feel free to uh, inbox me and i can give you uh, more information on that okay thank you you're very welcome thanks for thanks for the question i'd like to say while we have that uh, br brief break that um but first of all, thank you to all the people who gave feedback on the first water cooler. So that's really important because basically what that does is that helps 
uh, me to, to come up with more content. It helps me to figure out what's important and what people who are on these water coolers want to hear and need to hear. So thanks for the feedback. We're, we're going to put another link up tonight for um, you to add feedback as well to this water cooler because that really helps and it allows us to bring segments, more of these segments, uh, produce more of these segments, the dental water cooler. There again, thank you. Um, last time we had a pretty good showing and we had some some feedback and I appreciate it. We had Dr. Williams, uh, Dr. Hayes, Mia and Dee, uh, Dee Waring, to give us some feedback. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day, taking time uh, to write the, the message and how the, the water cooler affected you and may have helped you. So please, please, please feel free to provide feedback. Please feel free to give me, uh, message me if you have any questions about anything else or if there are topics that you would like covered in future uh, water cooler series. Um, I'd like to, um, there again, uh, just thank you all for coming on and, and listening in tonight. A recap of what we talked about in case you uh, may have missed the beginning segment was just the practice of dentistry. Uh, what we were saying is that it's not just practicing dentistry, it's all of those other things and uh, fires that we put out that um, comprise what we do. A lot of dentists bemoan, if, if I could just practice dentistry, I would be well and in a perfect world. That would be great if that's all we had to worry about. But of course, we have to become very proficient and good at these other things so that we can enjoy what we went to school for and what we were um, purposed for in terms of uh, helping patients and providing beautiful dentistry that they can be proud of. Um, in the book, like I said, we talked about that first chapter, uh, practicing dentistry and all the things that go in with it. Uh, some of the other things that I did that helped me to practice dentistry more efficiently is I hire coaches. I always had a coach and I always still use coaches and masterminds to help me with that business aspect because I feel like we're always growing. And I feel like the best uh, the best athlete in the world has a coach. The, the largest companies have business consultants and coaches. So why wouldn't we as dentists, when we were not taught how to be business owners or business people, we were taught to be doctors and scientists. So um, uh, having a coach, no matter who it is, or joining masterminds, listening to free podcasts, reading the journals, will all help you to practice dentistry more efficiently and get to the root of enjoying our profession. So we also revisited our vision statement. We said what got us here won't get us there. And that was learning how to cut perfect preps, but not knowing how to do the other things. Won't get you to there, wherever there is for you. So you need to determine with your vision where your there is going to be. Set your there without limitations without as if failure is not an option. So definitely um, setting your vision statement. We also um, were talking about uh, designing your ideal dental practice in uh, your ideal life. So if that looks like seeing patients a certain amount of days a week, only seeing big procedures in the morning, 
because you're fresher in the morning, doing the, the little bitty quick procedures in the afternoon, because you take care of the heavy lifting in the mornings. If, that what, if that's what it looks like to you, then that's how you design your ideal practice. You can design your ideal life by saying, I'm gonna take four weeks of vacation every year so that I can recharge and re-energize and come back and be more productive than before. We also talked about determining our purpose. And I like to say your purpose can be determined with three simple statements. Who am I? What do I do and who do I do it for? Or if you're writing your purpose with your team, you can say, who are we? What do we do and who do we do it for? There again, your ideal vision, your ideal practice, your ideal life, serving your purpose and your mission to help your patients. And last but not least, how this planning sets the stage for your long-term career and life success. We worked a long time to become dentists. And as such, we should enjoy what we're doing. We should have more productivity. We should have more profitability. And we should have a better quality of life. So all of those things work together. We stayed on for the entire segment. I know how important your time is. I know how busy we are as dentists uh, and, and how busy everyone is. So I appreciate you taking your time and staying on for, um, for, uh, for to listen to me talk and to listen to this session. Um, as we continue, I would hope that you all invite others to come. I want it to be very much like a coaching session and not just the session where I'm talking to you about things, but one where we can all chime in together and help each other. I hope that this segment was valuable for you. Feel free to send me messages. Um, thank you so much. And I want to once again thank Equa Marketing. They are the leaders in digital marketing for dentists. It is a wonderful company. I've used a lot of their um, a lot of their features and a lot of their products in my practice, and they've really helped with me growing my patients. So I, I thank them for inviting me to do this dental uh, water cooler series so that I can have this platform. So thank you again to Equa Marketing, the leaders in digital marketing for dentists, and thank you all for joining on. I will see you on the next water cooler, which is April the 20th, I'm sorry, April the 17th, the third Wednesday of the month at 8 p.m. is Eastern. The topic then will be running the business. So that's something we all have to know is running the business. So thank you so much. I will see you then. Until then, take care and be well.